for the mom with her hands full and only a few minutes to spare here and there. Put your hand on your chest. Take a deep breath. You're doing better than you think you are. I want you to delight in these ordinary, often mundane days of motherhood, rooted in confidence about how you are raising and speaking to and nurturing your kids. Peace starts with you. So let's create peaceful safe havens for our kids to grow in. It's never too late. And the fact that you are here speaks volumes of the amazing mom that you are and desire to be. Where do we start? Okay, I guess I can start with the main point of this episode. What are things, let's do top 10 things that are more important than discipline. And I want to start out by asking you a question. Why do you do things the way that you do when it comes to parenting? Is it because that's the way your parents did things? Is it because of social norms or what's expected or what, or what we feel is expected? Is it because your worth as a parent comes from maybe the way your children behave or what other people think of you? It's truly worth asking. And then I want you to ask yourself, what is the most important thing to you? I feel like majority of people listening, they probably have littler kids. So for me, the most important thing to me as my kids grow and they're teenagers or even like 16, 17, 18, I want to build 100% build a strong connection and relationship with my kids through trust and guidance and grace and understanding so that as they grow, they know they can always lean on me, turn to me, trust me. They can literally tell me anything. I'm always there for them. Empathy is lacking in American culture all over the board, but a severe lack of empathy in dealing with children's emotions is even more prevalent. There's... You know, so often children are just punished for being human. None of us are perfect, yet we hold our kids to a standard of perfection that, quite honestly, most adults can't even attain. We have bad days. We have bad attitudes. I mean, we cry. We feel sad, upset, angry, frustrated, overwhelmed. And, you know, most adults don't even handle that with grace or know how to handle those emotions. So discipline can so often become the main focus as we let other equally, if not more important aspects, fall on the back burner. We get caught up in, how can I get my kid to do blank? Or what do I do when my kid does this? Which in reality, it keeps our focus on one small thing, which is their behavior rather than the bigger picture. So let's just talk about some super important things when it comes to shaping our children and modifying their behavior that I truly believe are more important than any method or technique. And so this is in no order, like no specific order, like most important to least importance. They're just random. Um, But first, let's start out with the way that you see your kids. There's this really amazing quote by Brooke Hampton, and I will never forget it. It's one of my favorite quotes, and I constantly remind myself of it. She says, speak to your children as if they are the wisest, kindest, most beautiful and magical human beings on earth. For what they believe is what they will become. So when you look at your son or your daughter, who do you see? Do you tend to focus on or point out the negatives more or the positives? The way you look at them will influence the way that you treat them. 
say that you have a two-year-old. Okay, Kai, my youngest, he's two and a half. (laughs) And, you know, there's this saying that we, you know, people say the terrible twos. And if you're so focused on that and, you know, focused on, okay, he's acting this way because he's in his terrible twos, you will look for terrible things constantly. You'll focus on them and therefore you'll constantly find yourself correcting them. And twos for all of my boys have honestly been one of my favorite ages. And I think it's because when you have the tools to handle their emotions and their curiosity just for life and the way they do things, you can turn negative thoughts into positive ones. Like for example, my boys like love to climb on the counter and I just, I love it because it's just like, there's no, I mean, I get that there's a point they're not going to be 14 years old and climbing on my kitchen counters, but when they're young, there's just like no, you know, like there's no, what am I trying to say? Like thought of like, I shouldn't be up here. They are like so observant of so many things. And I think if we can step back and watch them, obviously have boundaries and rules, but if we can just step back and watch them, just look at this world, you know, the way that like, I feel like if we looked at the world, you know, we'd constantly be in awe of what's around us. So going back to just, you know, recognizing their emotions, increasing connection, listen for and validating validating emotions, labeling the emotion, um, setting limits with emotion. This is a quote, researchers have found that even more than IQ, emotional awareness and ability to handle feelings will determine someone's success and happiness in all walks of life. And that's including family relationships. I did a questions box on my Instagram and had quite a few similar scenarios. So I'm going to like go through one, maybe two of them just to give some real life examples of like just recognizing emotion and setting limits. But say you have a two-year-old and you're having friends over and they're there and your two-year-old is mad because she wants the toy that her friend is playing with. It's her toy. So she tries to grab the toy out of her friend's hand. And then when you get down on her level, you connect with her, you say, hey, we can't pull toys out of our friend's hand. She had it. You know, when she's done, you can have a turn. Let's go find another toy. But then she throws it. So you're going to recognize the emotion like, hey, I see that you're so upset and you're mad and you're sad. You want to play with that toy, increasing the connection, getting down on their level, looking at the tears welling in their eyes, feeling their little hearts beat so bit like so fast, recognizing that, okay, this is not a big deal. Like, come on. But to her or him, it's a really big deal. So listen for and validate their emotion, label it, uh, but then set limits. Hey, they had it first. We're going to let them play with it. And when they're done, you can have a turn. And if you're going to keep grabbing the toy and throwing it, then you're not, you can't have a turn. We're going to have to put it up. So just one example, another example. So this is kind of like a different scenario, but Dax, we went camping. um, My sister went camping. We visited them for the day. Dax is so incredible. He's so awesome. He's going to be six in August, but he had a moment. And I want to say like, I didn't reckon, I mean, not that I didn't recognize this, but I didn't remind myself of this until after the fact, but he was having a complete and utter meltdown. I literally started ugly crying halfway through. And I'm sharing this just to tell you that I I literally didn't know what to do. It was over a little bowl of blueberries. It's, we were camp, my sister was camping. He got the blueberries out of their fridge. So it was her blueberries and there was not that many left in the bowl. And so Kai came over and wanted some. And in my head, just, it all happened so fast. I was like, well, 
my sister, Kaylin, sharing these blueberries with him. Like he needs to share it with whoever else wants some. And yes, like I get that, but also understanding from his point of view, like there was literally like maybe a quarter of a cup of blueberries. So he got that snack out thinking that he was going to eat the blueberries and he was just very upset. And so I, I just like lost it. (laughs) And so you're not going to know what to do a hundred percent of the time. But after it was all done, I kind of like calmed down. He calmed down and I explained to him why I was so upset that I, you know, my sister would his aunt was being so kind and sharing with him. I wanted him to, you know, share with other people, but then also being able to understand his point of view and just saying like in the middle of it all, me ugly crying. I just was like, do you just need a hug? Like I need a hug. And then I reminded myself after the fact, like, Hey, 99% of the time he is like just such, he shares, he's a good big brother. And yeah, he has his moments, but he's just a good kid. And so like, he can have one hard moment. I mean, he could have as many hard moments, but um, just giving him the grace that he's, we all deserve. So if, I mean, that was kind of like a long two examples and there's so many more I could give, but if you can just remember to take a deep, long breath and put your hand on your heart, calm yourself down, you'll be able to respond in such a more calm and understanding place. I think a lot of times when our kids are having meltdowns, we're so worried about what other people are thinking that we try and like put out the fire so fast when in reality that just amplifies it. If we can stay calm, like then it just it spreads to our kids. So, but I get it. It's triggering. It's frustrating. It's maddening. Your superpower is your calm. And I promise you, the more that you do this, the easier it will get. You're not going to be perfect. But remember, like when you can stay in control of your emotions, that is a sign that you have strength. So two, your relationship with your significant other. Your kids are watching, they're sponges, they're observing, they're taking everything in. This is one of the most important things and it sets the standard, the foundation, you know, for every other relationship that will, that they'll, they'll have. So do everything in your power to protect your relationship with your spouse and your kids will mirror you. So say that you have a supportive and loving relationship. It's a great example of how your kids can interact with others and Every single ounce of energy that you put into your relationship with your spouse will come back tenfold through your kids. And I know you may not, everyone listening is not going to be in a place where there is this great relationship, but maybe you don't feel loved and your husband doesn't feel respected, but someone has to break that cycle. And so let this just be an encouragement to you of how important this relationship is for your kids. So, um, Number three, I feel like this kind of like plays into number one, the way you view your kids, but basically your relationship with your children. When you have this deep, secure, trusting connection with your kids, it will greatly impact how they respond to you and your guidelines. And then again, it sets an example of how their relationship should be. So if your connection with your kids is grounded in respect and empathy and compassion and what are some other things? Forgiveness, understanding, that is the standard that is set and they won't expect less. This is what they'll expect from all of their relationships. Say you have um, your relationship with them is based on control or manipulation or, you know, power, then expect to see that same pattern played out throughout their lives. Okay, what number are we on? Are we on four? Four, basic needs. Okay, this is just to me, it's so obvious, but I know that it's not obvious. Sleep, nutrition, being outside, movement, like these are obviously so important just for the overall health of our kids, but it goes beyond that. Like it affects their behavior. 
they cannot reach their full potential unless these basic needs are met. This kind of number, what number five, this kind of falls into this media. And I posted a lot about this on my social media, but what your kids are watching, what they're consuming, what they're listening to, what they are, what movies they're watching. You guys, this is so important now more than ever. I want to give just one example. The show Coco Melon, you know, we put that on and we think that it's educational and it's learning but it is so distracting and it is actually not good for like child brain development. And I know so many listening to this, you probably have turned it on and you're probably like, oh shit. But like there is no judgment. Like I have put things on for my kids just because I needed a moment of like sanity. But we have really, um, it's, it's just so important. I mean, you guys know it. Like think of what we're consuming with social media and how it affects our thoughts. Your mindset and your limiting beliefs and your thoughts are so important just for the way you approach and show up in life. And then just to think of our kids getting bombarded with this from being so little, their brains aren't fully developed it's so distracting. And so just basic needs, sleep, nutrition, being outside, movement, media, like this all is obviously so important for their health, but it's also important for their behavior. Um, okay, six, making yourself a priority. If you're like me, this is so, this was so hard for so long. I so badly, like when I was with my kids, I wanted to be away from them. I needed a nap or a pedicure or a massage. And then when I was away from my kids, I like, wanted to be with them and I almost felt guilty for being away from them. But since I started my network marketing business, I've realized that filling up my own cup is invaluable for my kids. If you feel empty and spread thin, you will not be able to give your kids what they truly need nor what you want to give them. You got to take care of you so that you can take care of them. And I've noticed that when I take time for myself, I come back more patient and going back to me working, I was never planning to pursue this business. I started it because I was naturally just already sharing the products because I love them. I was using them religiously. They helped me feel so much better as a mom, like more energy, more patient. And I found myself sharing it with other moms and adding value to their life. And it filled me with this purpose. So then when I started making money, you know, doing something I would be doing regardless if there was a business opportunity attached, I took it and I ran with it. And my kids have benefited so greatly from it. They've seen me grow, step into leadership, prioritize myself, serve and love others, lift other people up and cheer them on, go for goals, work hard, handle setbacks and failures. And the coolest thing is my happiness is not dependent on my kids. I have found my purpose outside of my kids. And if we can give our kids that gift as they grow, like how freaking special, right? So just let this inspire you to find something that fills you up. Even if you have to invest time in doing it. Like I love that my kids know that, okay, as they grow, mom's going to be okay. She has friends. She's surrounded by the coolest people. She has purpose. And you may not realize it until they're older, but it's a gift. It is a gift. Okay, I'm like so passionate about what I do and what I've seen it do for other moms. But I also know it can be very hard balancing it all. But nothing worthwhile comes easy in life. You learn and you grow and you make adjustments along the way. Okay, I could probably talk about that like on its own in a whole episode. Um, I don't even know what number we are on. Seven? Seven? School and community. Okay, I'm going to keep this short. Your choice of schooling, 
your choice of the community you surround yourself with, getting involved locally, volunteering, going to church, donating time or things. Show your kids that their actions can influence so many other people's lives. And then also choose your people with intention. Okay, next one. How you relate to other people. How do you treat the person checking you out at the grocery store? How do you treat the person who just cut you off on the freeway? How do you treat the telemarketer who just called you in the middle of dinner? Or, okay, I'm going to get you all with this one. How do you treat Siri when you're trying to get her to turn on a darn song and she is not hearing you correctly? (laughs) Back to this. More is caught than taught. Be an example of how you want your kids to show up in the world and how they treat people when no one is watching. Okay, I think this is the last one. I'm hoping this is 10. Hopefully I hit 10 the atmosphere of your home and all a lot of these things we already talked about but your relationship with your husband how you see your kids and your relationship with them is a huge part of the atmosphere of your home when you feel and have warm and connected relationships your home will feel warm and welcoming and inviting and safe and when there's disconnection in your relationships your home atmosphere will be affected so Hopefully this was encouraging to you just to realize that so many other things can affect our kids' behavior and that are so important in figuring out, you know, rather than focusing solely on your discipline and your method on how to get your kids to behave a certain way. Correction is not needed nearly as often as you might think. Start seeing your kids' behavior as maybe hints or clues that call for guidance rather than something that you disapprove of or better yet the world disapproves of and needs to be squashed or eliminated like ASAP. And really think about this for a second. When your kid is throwing a tantrum in the middle of the grocery store, are you more concerned with what other people are thinking of you or your connection with your child and teaching them in that moment? One day we were leaving church and the boys wanted to go down the slide again. It was the first time we had gone to this church. So we had no idea that the slide was off limits. So we were like, sure, go ahead. Only to realize that there was a sign that said no one in this play area. So we told the boys they had to get out. Of course, if we could go back and redo it, we would. But John and I reacted so fast and we just felt like we needed to get them out of there. And so we were like, boys, out. Like, sorry, no slide. And from Jet's perspective, he was so excited and had his heart setting set on going down this slide one more time. You guys, first time at a new church, literally, he screamed for a good solid 10, 15 minutes. Like, tantrum. Like, people were looking at me. I get it. It's embarrassing when people stare, but I, because I've been practicing this, was able to stay calm and I held him. I validated his emotion and just being there for him, recognizing how he felt, but also setting limits. Like a couple times he hit me and I was like, Hey bud, you can be mad and upset. I get it. You really wanted to go down that slide, but we didn't realize that it was off limits and it was closed and I can't let you hit me. And I told them we could either calm down or we would need to go to the car I you know I was okay with him crying and expressing his sadness and being upset but I wasn't okay with him hitting me I could understand that to him it was a big deal he had it in his head he was going down the slide he was so excited looking back we would totally have been like just go down the slide one more time and then tell him after that okay we got to get off we didn't realize that we weren't supposed to be on it but bad behavior does not make you a bad parent Other people's opinions of you do not outweigh 
your bond and connection to your child. What you do in these moments will affect your relationship in 10, 15, 20 years from now. And most likely you will you know, never see the people that are judging or staring at you again. So if we build trust and have open communication with them right now when they're little, I can only imagine that as they grow and become teenagers and adults that they will come to us also. A strong attachment and connection helps wire their brains. And having that strong attachment and connection helps wire a healthy brain. Happy parents make happy kids, you guys. Peace starts with you. 